Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, and welcome to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. My name is Bill Moore. I'm a food truck business trainer, author of Food Truck 101, Beginner to Winner, and Food Truck 201, Get Off the Truck. This podcast is all about helping you start and grow your food truck business. For the last two weeks, I've been going through my book, Food Truck 101, Beginner to Winner, chapter by chapter. And we are up to chapter number 11, which is entitled Catering. So it's all about catering. So the first thing I want to do is define what a catering means. A catering is you cooking in bulk and you sell it to a single person. That's all a catering is. Now, there's different ways of doing catering. You can do a drop-off catering where you cook all the food and you take it to the client. You can do a pickup catering where you cook a whole bunch of food and the client comes and picks it up from you. You can do a service catering where you actually take the food, go to a venue that the client has arranged, and then you're doing all the, the cooking and the prep and the cleanup and the serving and all of that on site. You can also take your truck to an event and you may share that with two or three other trucks, depending upon the size of the catering, where they're paying you a certain dollar amount to serve a certain number of people. But there are different ways of doing a catering, but understand that you are not collecting money from multiple people. You're only collecting money from a single payer. That's a catering. Anything else, if you're selling to individuals and collecting individuals' money, that's an event. Two totally different things. How you serve a catering could be a multitude of different ways. You can do a catering where, and I'm talking about the situations where you're going to a venue and you're going to be on site for a number of hours. You can set up as a buffet. Think of a Golden Corral, for instance, where they have lots of line of hot food and cold food and all you're doing is keeping it all replenished. The people serve themselves. You can do family style, and what that is is little mini buffets where you're bringing out the food on platters in volume, but one platter per table, and the people surrounding the table serve themselves from those bigger platters. This is beneficial because it stops people from milling around and creating problems when you have a lot of people to serve at one time, because you can bring out a, a platter and serve eight to ten people and have three or four people bringing out platters and then allowing folks to serve themselves at different tables. It allows the service to go faster. You can obviously do table service like you would in any other sit-down restaurant, but that requires a bigger team, lots more servers, for example. You can even let the clients form a line at your truck, but that will be chaotic, and I would only do that for very small caterings. I'm going to give you some tips on what you can serve as far as volumes of food. So, for example, if you're going to do drinks, you want to figure on coffee, one to two cups per hour. If you're going to do carbonated drinks, 24 to 48 ounces per guest. And if you're doing non-carbonated drinks, 32 to 48 ounces. And here's a little tip. Non-carbonated drinks don't get straws. If you give them straws, they will suck it down faster, which means you're having to refill it quicker or having to brew tea in the middle of a service. So you want to avoid the straws, if at all possible. If you're going to do finger foods, depending upon the size of the finger food, you want to count 4 to 15 pieces per person. If you're going to do proteins, 4 to 6 ounces per person, you want to slice it very, very thinly so it piles up and looks like a bigger volume of food. If you're going to serve proteins that are eaten by the piece, like steak or boneless chicken breast or pork chops, 
Same deal, four to six ounces per big piece. If you're gonna do fried chicken or a similar dish, two pieces, typically per person. So a leg and a thigh or a breast and a wing or some other combination. If you're gonna do fish, two and a half to three ounces per piece of fish and then figure two pieces of fish per guest. If you're gonna do skewers or kebabs, about two per person. Burritos, if they're big enough, one to one and a half per person. Tacos, two to four per person. Sushi, eight to 10 pieces. Side dishes typically are about four ounces per, per person. Desserts, one slice or one piece per person. If you're doing puddings or a mousse or something along those lines, you're still back to that four ounce per person serving size. So that's how you would do the food as far as the volume of food you would need. So now I got to do the math. Somebody tells you I got a hundred people coming and you're going to be selling a protein. You're going to do six ounces per person. So that's six times a hundred. That's 600 ounces. Divide that by 16. Now you know how many pounds of meat you got to go out and buy. That's how that works. So here's some tips on what you should do when you first start to do catering. First thing, keep your menu within your own experience level. Once you get a little bit more experience at handling and catering, then yes, you can explore other foods that you don't normally cook in volume. But you got to be able to stay within your experience level until you have built up a lot of experience and expertise at doing a catering. Limit your first events to your own cooking equipment, your own holding capacity, and your own cooking ability. This is just common sense. Don't stress yourself trying to cook stuff you don't know how to cook or to cook more than your own cooking or holding capacity will do. If you only hold, say, 30 pounds of meat, there's no point in taking a catering that requires more than 30 pounds because you won't be able to hold it right. I have a spreadsheet on my Facebook group that'll help you price a catering, and it goes through step-by-step how to price a catering. You want to make sure you over-plan and over-organize and think through everything. And then have a backup source for all labor, especially if you're going to be doing larger events. Because if you need five servers, you need five servers. And if one of them says, I'm sick and can't come, what are you going to do? Or if two or three of them say, oh, I'm sorry, you know, don't want to come, what are you going to do? You want to make sure you use a written calendar or an electronic calendar, it doesn't matter, but a single calendar to avoid double bookings and then only have one point of contact for scheduling catering. Do not let more than one person schedule caterings because you will double book yourself. Don't be afraid to turn down a gig that's too small and don't be afraid to turn down one that you don't think you can handle. Always, always, always use a written contract and always get a deposit at minimum that's equal to the amount of food you need to purchase. And that has to be paid up front. If you're going to have to order $1,000 worth of food, the deposit has to be at least $1,000. That way, if they back out of it at some point, you at least have $1,000. And if you ended up buying the food, at least you've broken even on the food and you have that food you can sell to other people. You want, at minimum, the amount of food it's going to cost you. You want that as your deposit. I'm going to talk real quick about how you would do an estimate for a catering. First thing you got to get the client to commit to is a headcount. Doesn't matter how many people are coming, you want them to commit to it. Do not accept, well, I'll let you know. Because then your response to that is, well, I'll let you know what the price is. You cannot estimate anything until you know a headcount. And then tell them that that headcount has to be firm. You can certainly add to it, but you can't go under it. Because if you do let them go under, they will just say, oh, I'll have 100 people coming. And then uh, two weeks before, they'll tell you, ah, it's really only going to be 10. It's really only going to be 20. So let them know, I need a headcount, and you'll be paying a deposit equivalent to that headcount. So let's say they're going to do 100 people. First thing you're going to do is figure out 
what the menu is going to be so you can now determine the amount of food you need for that 100 people. Going over the things that are listed in the book and the things I talked about a little bit earlier. So for example, 100 people, 6 ounces of protein. So 6 times 100 is 600 ounces of protein divided by 16 gives you a pound amount. You can go buy that number of pounds from the store. You'll do that for every single food product. So now you have a firm dollar amount of what the food is going to cost you. And that becomes, again, the minimum you're going to ask for on a deposit. And I suggest to get 50%, but some people don't want to ask for 50%. And when I'm talking about 50%, it's 50% of the total cost of the catering, not just the food. But at least get the food. That's the very minimum you need for a deposit. So based on that head count, you now know how much meat you need and how much other food that you will need for the catering. Then based on that food, you should have at least a rough idea how long it's going to take you to prep and cook and hold and then serve. That amount of people, that amount of food. Now the labor can't be adjusted. So you just spent the money on the food. You can't change that number. Doesn't matter what it is, you can't change it. The amount of labor is the amount of labor. You can't change that. So the next thing that you're going to do on your estimate is going to be, do I have to drive? And how much is that going to cost me to drive? It's not a nonsensical setup fee because that's already in your labor. So don't do any of that. But you do need to recoup the amount of money it's going to take you to transport the trailer and the truck and the employees and all of that. So you get that mileage. And whatever you want to charge for mileage, a dollar a mile, two dollars a mile, doesn't matter. You figure out what that is. Can't change what that is because that's also covering the wear and tear on your vehicle and the gasoline and the oil and the maintenance and all that. So you can't change, can't negotiate the food, cannot negotiate the labor, cannot negotiate the mileage you have to drive. Those things are hard numbers, cannot be negotiated. What can be negotiated is the last number you're going to add in, and that's your profit. That's how much money you want to make because you can see it. And my spreadsheet will take you through this step by step by step. So if you come back and tell your client that I can do this 100-person catering for $25 a head, that means the grand total of the catering is going to cost you $2,500. And they say, ooh, it's a little much. Can you knock a little bit off? Whatever you knock off, guess where it comes from? Your profit, your bank account, your wallet. Because remember, the food's the food. You can't reduce it. The labor's still the labor. Can't reduce it. The catering isn't getting any closer to you, so you can't reduce the mileage. The only number you can negotiate is the profit. So if you put in that you wanted $900 in profit, and that's what created that $2,500 total that you divided by 100 and said it's $25 a head, the only number you can negotiate is going to be that profit. So when they say, hey, would you knock off $500? Well, if you knocked off $500, guess where it came from? Your profit. Now, why do I do it as a headcount? Because when you start to list out things like, well, I've got a setup fee, and I've got a travel fee, and I've got this other BS fee, and I've got this other BS fee, guess what happens? When they come to you two nights before the event and says, hey, I've got 10 people coming, you can't charge them more of a travel fee because remember, they haven't moved it, so the travel fee is exactly the same. The setup fee is exactly the same. Any other BS fee you put on there is going to be exactly the same. So the only thing you can do is charge them for more food. But if you do it my way and tell them not a problem, 10 more people at 25 bucks a head is $250. I will expect that before I set up tomorrow or whenever the catering is. And if I don't have that $250 check, I will not be setting up. You don't want to trust people to give you the money afterwards because they won't. There are too many people that do a catering and then end up getting burnt because they trust somebody because they're such nice people. They wouldn't screw me over. And they do. 
So that was everything on catering. And like I said, you can join our Facebook group, be able to download that catering spreadsheet if you want. Definitely help you out in making sure that you don't have a catering that doesn't create enough profit for you to make it worth your while. Because catering should be good, good money. Thank you guys so much for listening to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. If you're finding all the information helpful to your food truck business, please become a monthly supporter of the podcast. Just hit the support button or follow the link in the description. Every little bit does help keep us going. Join our Facebook group. It's called Food Truck Training. We have a whole bunch of awesome members at all different levels, from brand new beginners to decades old veterans. They've all got your back when it comes to helping you with your food truck. And again, thank you for listening. Come back tomorrow because you know i got plenty more to say when it comes to helping you and your food truck business grow.